to another edition of Talk More Talk. It's a solo Beatles video cast. I'm Joe Mayo from the Mean Mr. Mayo channel, and I'm here with my co-host. We're ready for a good show tonight where we're going to be talking about our choices for what we feel are most underrated of the solo Beatles albums, one from each of the solo Beatles. And uh, to start with here, helping me out, we always uh, let the ladies go first, and uh, we have here the Sun Queen. I haven't called her that in a long time, and I'm talking about she's an author, among other things, and she teaches classes, all kinds of things. Sign up for her classes and learn something, okay? She'll give you the, informa give you the information on that, okay? But, but uh, she's got some books out there. Among them, right here, Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks. Also, Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. And I'd like to give an honorable mention to Michael Jackson, FAQ. Uh, I think it's all that's left to know about the King of Pop, I think, is the other part. Long titles. Long titles, <laughs> indeed. Okay, Kit, and welcome as always. Thank you so much, sir. Hello, everybody, and welcome everybody out there. All right, and next up, all the way from good old hot Arizona, uh, although over where I am in the New York area, it's been kind of unseasonably warm, and I love it. Telling it's you that. freezing here in Chicago. <laughs> freezing in Chicago. Freezing my sweater on. <laughs> freezing Shut up. In Chicago. I got the short <laughs> sleeves, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's uh, one of the uh, hosts of the Two Legs McCartney podcast. Uh, that he does with his partner, Andy Nichols. And I'm talking about uh, Thomas Hunyadi. Hello, Tom. Hello, Joe. Can it get so hot? I, I'm thinking about turning this fan on, but I know everybody gets mad when that fan's on. because Yeah, I know. I've had people... <laughs> People tell me, oh, you know, and when we do our movie uh, right. videos, we do movie discussions. People are like, Tom, get the fan out of there. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I always hate uh, having to put Ken Michaels at, at the end because he's maybe last but not least. It's like you may say in the out of respect, the grand finale here, so to speak, of announcing people uh, talking about uh, so many years as i always like to say in the biz talking about the beatles doing radio shows that syndicated every little thing show which i would like to hear but every time i turn it on i'm a little late 
I think it's 6 a.m. on the dial where I am, and I always uh, turn it on at 7 a.m. or it's something, and I miss it. Well, I'll have to get it. I'll have to get up a little earlier. Well, just in time <laughs> for tens. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. But in addition to that, of course, he has uh, another show that he does, uh, and it's a podcast called Things We Said Today. This is really a good Beatles show. And he also, of course, has a YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. And that's his name, Ken Michaels. Hi, Ken. Hi, Joe. Thanks for that long introduction. You know, you never <laughs> you never have to wait anymore to hear every little thing because it's on demand. It's ah. on FDU's website. So it's it's always great. I always like to push radio stations because I want radio to still survive. And WFDU runs my show Sunday mornings at six. But if you can't get up that early, they leave it on their website for two weeks each show. Oh. So, yeah. Do Ooh, that. Yeah. Seven would seven on Sundays would be perfect for me. But I'll, I'll start getting up a little, a little earlier. How's that? Hey, but All right. You can listen. With <laughs> yeah, you know it's a it's a free free world. Well, country, well, whatever. Okay, everybody. <laughs> so let's get get going. But before we do, let's go back to Ken and find out what is going on in the news, Beatles stuff, and elsewhere. Elsewhere, God. <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. I'm sorry. You're being so formal with Thomas over here. and uh... yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Michaels. Let us know, Kenneth. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since our last show, so some news has accumulated, as you would expect. First of all, I want to make sure it's the number one thing I say. The McCarty Legacy Volume 1, 1969 to 73, has been nominated for the 2023 Association for Recorded Sound Collections Awards for Excellence in Historical Recorded Sound Research. Congrats to the two authors of that book, Adrian Sinclair and Alan Cozen of Things We Said Today fame. Also, it was announced a few weeks ago, and this is kind of old now, but hey, we haven't been on the air for what, three weeks? I think um, Ringo and his all-star band will be back on the road for a spring tour with dates on the West coast of the U S running from May 19th to June 17th, altogether 19 dates in total with Ringo hitting California, including of course, the Greek theater, uh, Nevada. He'll be at the Venetian theater in Las Vegas for three shows also hitting Arizona. He had to stop there because of Tom. <laughs> um, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, and Utah. I know for a fact he made sure that he had a date in Arizona just for Utah. Well, thank you. He was wasting He might be <laughs> disappointed this time around. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think Tom's going. <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm still deciding. Listen, I'm not trying to be negative or anything, but you know, one change to the lineup to me might not be worth going to see uh, i don't know that's right now i'm not saying i'm not going but as of right now we'll see and besides there might be a good ballet that night for you to go to well, well absolutely i mean with the romeo and juliet ballet, ballet comes back i'm definitely going to see that again absolutely <laughs> bingo will love this show now huh <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll see, I'll see you again, Ringo. If you come around back, back. <laughs> had a Chicago date. I'd love to, love to be there. 
<laughs> oh, why do I open my mouth sometimes? Because <laughs> you got a big mouth. <laughs> All right. One of the biggest news items in the last few days is learning that Paul McCartney will be releasing a book of photos that he took of the Beatles from late 1963 and early 1964 that he thought were lost for many years. But he rediscovered them in 2020. And what a find this was. It's almost a thousand photographs that Paul took on his 35 millimeter camera. The book itself will be called 1964 Eye of the Storm, and it will contain 275 photos from this period, a very significant time because it was when Beatlemania erupted in the UK. And after their first US visit, they became the most famous people on the planet. They will cover photos from six cities, Liverpool, London, Paris, New York, Washington, DC, and Miami. There will also be commentary from Paul where he conveys his impressions of Britain and America in 1964. It'll be published by Penguin Books. It's 336 pages and it's due out June 13th this year. Now, before I even heard about the book, I already learned that there would be a photo exhibit of these same photos, which will take place in London at the National Portrait Gallery to help mark their reopening in June after a three-year refurbishment. It will run there from June 28th to October the 1st. Hmm. Right, I so guess. looking forward to that book. It's yeah, all, all you can, Yes. All you sure. can say is, I guess all you can say is he's got some photographs. Uh, I mean, just it's, this is really cool uh, to find thousand of pictures that you took from you know sixty three to sixty four. I think that's amazing. I mean, obviously, you know, Paul's probably not in a lot of those photographs since he's taken those photos, but just to see images from 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 uh, you know John George and Ringo as well, it, it's just as good as my book. I know it's kind of amazing to think that they were lost all these years. Yeah. Where could they have been? Well, see, that's the thing is, is, you know, when we were told back in, I think it was 2012 by his manager at the time that everything of his was digitized, uh, you know, his music and his photos. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, obviously they, they missed a corner in the attic. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I'm definitely looking forward to that book. Legendary artist Dolly Parton just turned 77 on January 19th, and she announced that she'll be making a new album due out sometime this year to be called Rockstar. After having been honored to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which originally she rejected because she never thought of herself as a rock and roller. She is getting together uh, many rock icons to record with, and Paul McCartney will be on the album, as will Stevie Nicks, John Fogarty. Steve Perry, Steven Tyler, and others. I know she's trying to get Mick Jagger on there. Uh, the plan is to cover classic songs with these artists, and she says she and Paul will be singing a song together. Cool. Very I'm cool. about that because I love Dolly. She's not only a great talent, but she's a fantastic human being. Yep. I kind of wish it would be something original, though. Yeah. You know, a song from mm. Dolly or a song that they would write together instead of just covering an old song. But hey. Take what we can get. <laughs> <laughs> and i just found out from a good friend madeline Bacaro, who is the author of that great new book on yoko ono that um ian hunter has a brand new album coming out april 21st that's called defiance part one there you go thank yep. you um madeline's new book 
And it includes, this Ian Hunter album includes a song called Bed of Roses, which has Ringo on drums and Mike Campbell on guitar. The song is all about the Star Club in Hamburg. An excellent rocker. And a new video can be found for it on YouTube. Ian has a star-studded cast on his album, include, including two recently departed rock stars. Jeff Beck is on there and Taylor Hawkins. Wow. Stars, yeah, include Johnny Depp, Billy Gibbons, Todd Rundgren, Joe Elliott, Jeff Tweedy, Slash, and Wadi Wachtel. The album will be coming out on Sun Records. The Sun Records? <laughs> <laughs> it's now available for pre-order. It's a great song, by the way. Check it out on YouTube. Rock, uh, oh, wow. Ringo's drumming is just, it's rock solid. Just perfect for that song. There's a special issue out of the Ultimate Music Guide, and Paul is on the front cover, which reads the songwriter, the solo artist, the former Beatle, Paul McCartney, the full story of a legendary musician. The issue includes classic interviews and in-depth reviews of every solo album. Mm. Okay, Glenn Greenberg's new bookazine of Beatles okay. trivia is now out. Although at the moment, he tells me it's not listed on Amazon, you can get it at Barnes & Noble, most major supermarkets and pharmacy chains. Glenn is the author who recently wrote the bookazine for Time Magazine for Paul McCartney's 80th birthday. And he was a guest on my channel. Did you interview him, Tom? I think he did. Uh, absolutely. And we got him scheduled for uh, February for okay. to talk about the bookazine. I know. He'll be on my channel, too. All right, and I just recently heard back from someone that you interviewed just recently too, <laughs> Luca Rossi, who ah. released the excellent book, Paul McCartney Recording Sessions, 1969 to 2013. He told me his follow-up book will be coming out mid-February. It's called Paul McCartney, Music is Ideas, The Stories Behind the Songs, Volume One. Where's that from, guys? Music is Ideas. <laughs> Oh, trivia! No, on the spot. Wow, that's I mean, I'm I, too busy looking at looking at the comments. Oh, you're all kidding! You have to be kidding. It's from kidding. Talk More Talk. Oh, oh. Duh. oh, no wonder I couldn't think of it. <laughs> that's oh one, of the, uh, one of the one of the words that one of the uh, the phrases that is spoken before the before the song before the lyrics start Word in the very beginning. Oh yeah. my god. Yep. Yep. I think it's Good time night, to write everybody. It. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm sorry, Luca, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another long title, Joe. I like this long title. <laughs> long title. It is called, like I said, Paul McCartney Music is Ideas. It's the stories behind the songs, volume one. He says the volume will be 534 pages long. It's in big format, just like Paul McCartney's The Lyrics book. It has 346 song sheets, including 50 unreleased tracks. Wow. Really curious about that. Uh, in release order. It covers albums, concerts, interviews, vintage reviews, and it has over a thousand footnotes. This book was actually published last year in May as an Italian edition. Right. All right. Also due out in February is a book by Tony King called The Tastemaker, My Life with the Legends and Geniuses of Rock Music. According to Amazon, they say The Tastemaker charts the singular life of a man who has been at the beating heart of music's most iconic moments for over 60 years and features stories of his time working with everyone 
from the Beatles to the Ronettes and Elton John to the Rolling Stones. An endorsement for this book reads, this is a brilliant book by a brilliant man, a magician with perfect taste. Thank God I met him. He is gold dust. That comes from Elton John. Mm. All right, the Weaklings have just released their new single. It's a cover of the Beatles song, I've Just Seen a Face. And they've also made a new video for the song in which the band performs on a rooftop. Brand new idea they came up with. <laughs> um, and it also features fellow Beatles podcaster, Skylar Moody as a guitarist in the video. I'm calling and it- Layla Ortiz as well, another mm -hmm. uh, TikToker that Who works is? with Skylar. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, she plays Paul uh, okay. in the video. So what's the what's her name? Layla Ortiz. Okay, uh, is her name? Yeah, she and Skylar uh, collaborate quite a bit on uh, on stuff on TikTok. Mm. Yep. So okay. yep, she plays the Paul part. Very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, we have to note the passings of two very important people. Of course, we have to mention David Crosby. Crosby was part of the legendary band The Birds, who had their own sound but we're certainly influenced by the Beatles. After watching the Beatles' first film, A Hard Day's Night, Roger McGuinn went and bought a Rickenbacker 12-string guitar, and David Crosby bought a Gretsch Tennessean that George Harrison played. George's song, If I Needed Someone, was influenced by the Birds' Bells of Rimney, and Crosby said that he introduced George to Ravi Shankar, who introduced mm. Harrison to the sitar. And George Harrison gave Crosby the cape that he wore in the film Help. David, got to visit the Beatles at Abbey Road when they had finished the Sgt. Pepper sessions. And he's quoted as saying, I walked in and they were acting silly and strange and having fun because I think they were thrilled with what they had done. They knew what they had created. They sat me down in the middle of a room on a stool and they were laughing about it. They rolled over two of those huge coffin-sized speakers up on either side of me. And then they played me a day in the life. And when they got to the end of the piano chord, man, I was dishrag. <laughs> I was floored. It took me several minutes to be able to talk after that. One of, the, one of uh, David's best quotes ever was when someone tried to compare the birds to the Beatles. And he said, the birds weren't bug spray to the Beatles. <laughs> As far as covering Beatles music, Crosby, Stills, and Nash covered the songs Blackbird and In My Life. And at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th anniversary concert, Crosby, Nash, and Paul Simon performed Here Comes the Sun. Also, David Crosby released a song he wrote called Laughing off his album, If I Could Only Remember My Name. He said it was, quote, oh, you got it right there. Naming's always perfect there. Near and dear to my heart. You should be on Let's Make a Deal. You, you could always have produce everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, about song laughing, this is what David had to say. Quote, it was written to and for George Harrison about the Maharishi. And the idea was telling him that nobody's really got the answer. And that people who try to tell you that they have the answer are most often trying to manipulate you. Mm, good point. Um, Ram Nash and contribute beautiful background vocals on the song, features members of the Grateful Dead on there as well. Very sad, of course, to learn about David Crosby. And we also mourn the loss of Barrett Strong. 
He was the original artist and co-writer behind the song Money, which of course the Beatles covered, and John Lennon performed at the live piece in Toronto concert. Barrett wrote the song with Barry Gordy and Janet Brad Bradford. And Barrett was one of Motown's original hit makers, and he co-wrote with his songwriting partner for Motown, Norman Whitfield, many classic Motown songs, like I Heard It Through the Grapevine, which uh, were hits for both uh, Marvin Gaye and Gladys Knight and the Pips. Gladys actually had the hit first. Right. Yep. Also, the classic War, as recorded by Edwin Starr, later covered by Bruce Springsteen. Um, and some Temptations classic songs, just my, just my Imagination, I'm all choked up here, Just My Imagination and Ball of Confusion, which mentions the Beatles, and the Temptation song called Cloud Nine. Barrett was 81. Gosh, this is the first time hearing about this. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Just in the last couple of days, he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, he was a huge part of Motown's success, you know, both part of, you know, money being, you know, first single, but also, yeah, huge behind the scenes mm. figure. So, ah, oh, another great loss. Think about all the people who have covered his songs, especially money. And I mm -hmm. he's Absolutely. Oh. Tremendous talent. Um, some constant information as we speak tonight, January 30th, at the Sydney Winery in New York, is a show called The Lads from Liverpool. I only found out about this in the last couple of days. Uh, Billy J. Kramer, Joey Molland, and Terry Sylvester all performing on stage. Um, if I know about any more dates with these three together, I'll be sure to relay it on this show on our Facebook page. I'll put it on my website. I actually have a page on my website, concerts and events for Beale fans in New York, New England. So um, any dates from them, if there are more of them, I will post there as well. City Winery also will have a concert by the Weaklings and that will be on February the 5th. And they have Denny Lane performing on February the 7th. Um, one concert that I mention on my podcast shows every year, if I get the chance, is the concert for Bangladesh Revisited. This is by a band from Long Island called Wondrous Stories. They recreate the entire concert for Bangladesh, not just Georgia's songs, everything else. The Bob Dylan wow. material, Leon Russell, Billy Preston, Ringo. And they're doing a concert at the Space on Long Island on February 24th, the day before Georgia's birthday. It is an amazing show. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. They usually have special guests performing on stage. They've had Denny Lane there, Steve Holly. Um, yeah, Gene Cornish from the Rascals has performed with them. And if you can, please go to that concert. If you live in the area, you won't want to miss it. It's a long show. They not only do that, but they usually do a Beatles album on top of that to follow that with. The last time I saw the show was three and a half hours. It's a tremendous show. Um, again, at the Space on Long Island, February 24th. On uh, the other podcast that I do, Things We Said Today, we just did an interview, a really wonderful interview with Gary Burr, who you know from many years recording with Ringo and the Roundheads, still occasionally works with Ringo, um, known for you know the years with Mark Hudson especially. But he's had a tremendous career as a songwriter, especially in the country field. He and his wife, Georgia Middleman, who's also had a long history of success as a songwriter with country artists, they are performing at the Cutting Room in New York City, and that'll be on May the 19th. Good guy, Gary Burr. So uh, 
Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Boy, I'm trying to see how much power I had left on my tablet. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Thought you looked like Rick Rubin there. You know, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All photo. I couldn't tell. So, um, so yeah, that's it for the news this time out. Did we wow. uh, mention Jeff Beck last uh, last show? I'm not sure. Yeah, of course, Jeff Beck. One of okay. our um, of course, his, his years in the Yardbirds, the connections with, with, well, with the Beatles. I know Paul had a very nice tribute right. that he posted online for him. Um, I, I guess they were the closer friends than we were aware, him and his wife. And uh, Jeff covered She's a Woman on his Blow by Blow album. He also did a great version of A Day in the Life. Life, yeah. Um, yeah, tremendous talent, one of our greatest guitarists ever. So, yeah. losing a lot of great people. So far, it's been a rough yeah. year. Yeah, wow. It's only yes, a month in. <laughs> yeah, we learned about Cindy Williams today. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, from uh, well, Cindy Williams, you know, uh, uh of course, Laverne and Shirley, uh, also American Graffiti, yeah. among other things. You know, uh, it's funny, we were talking before the show, we were talking about Cindy Williams, we just finding out that she'd passed on. And uh, Ken, I think it was, was pointing out how, and Laverne and Shirley, especially the later episodes, you have the Beatles poster, uh, poster yeah. that they say goodbye to every morning. Yeah, they uh, Laverne and Shirley, yeah. give it a little kiss. <laughs> and it's funny because I noticed that uh, Tim Allen in the comments brought that up. We were right. uh, said, yeah, you know, rest in peace, uh, Cindy Williams with, with a Beatle poster. You if, know. I, if, I, if I'm correct, somebody can fact check me in the audience here. Um, she had a uh, brother-in-law who we've mentioned on the show many times, and I believe it was Mark Hudson. I think she was married to a Hudson. Yeah, I mean, not Mark, yeah. but... No, uh, I think was, yeah, so somebody can fact check me on that. I learned earlier that she had a, her, her for a while, her brother-in-law was Mark Hudson. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So please uh, fact check me on that, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go. Well, let's go. All yeah. right. Okay, everyone. Now, uh, yeah. So we're going to be uh, talking about our choices for what we feel are the most underrated uh, solo Beatles albums. Mm -hmm. One we're going to pick from each. Um, and um, everybody seems to have different ideas of what underrated means, but uh, we were talking a little about this. You know, underrated is pretty much something that doesn't really get highly thought of, you know, uh, right in the uh, Beatles solo circle. Uh, you know, maybe it even had gotten to number one or something at one time, but yet somehow is is not well thought of as much or forgotten about a lot these days, mm -hmm. you know, it has to be something that's, you know, not, uh, yeah, universally loved out there. You know, you would never say, well, gee, you know, I think band on the run is an underrated album, you know, <laughs> it's just, although it's funny how it's funny how things can change. Like I would say that these days, the Beatles Sergeant Pepper album right now is yeah. getting underrated. Yeah, you know, isn't that funny how that goes? You never think you'd say that, but lately that's been getting underrated. 
Uh, but so we're going to keep it, I guess, current. What we think. So mm -hmm. I thought that the first we'd start with George Harrison. Uh, I, I can see what order we'll do. I mean, I just have them mixed up here. And I thought this time uh, we'll start with Kenneth Michaels. <laughs> uh, because I always seem to find out that he's going to last a lot, and I'll put him first for this one. Okay, thank you, Joseph. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Gontrapo, mm. mainly because of the fact that uh, usually whenever I read comments from fans in general, they kind of dump on this album. There's always going to be those fans out there that that are more supportive than others. But because of the fact that the album didn't do very well when it first charted and because George didn't promote it, it charted very poorly. And um, he didn't really care at the time. He was just fulfilling his contract with Warner Brothers. It was the last album in his contract. He just wanted to put it out there. But there's so much really good stuff on there. And uh, I love really just every song on Gontrapo. I think it was a very you know well done album I, I like it so much better than somewhere in england's previous album and um you know the production on it is stellar every instrument is heard so well i love all the percussive stuff on on um on the title track of gontrapo i love his ballads you know like uh baby don't run away unknown delight which i believe even though george never talked about most of the songs from the album, Unknown Delight, sure sounds like it's about Danny. Um, I love Baby Don't Run Away a lot. Uh, Dream Away is an outstanding song, which we first heard in Time Bandits. Um, I'm glad that he brought back Circles from the Beatle days from 1968, was working on. They made the demo that you heard on the, the White Album uh, box set. Mystical One is fantastic. I love his guitar work on there. Um, Really, everything, even um, I Really Love You is a surprise, mm -hmm. mainly because of the fact that, and I think I brought this up before, um, there's really just harmonies throughout the whole song. You don't really hear a lead vocal from George on it, but his voice is mixed just a little bit hotter than everybody else, so you do hear it. Um, so it's kind of different in that way, and he picked a relatively obscure um, song from a group called The Stereos. Yeah. And... Um, you know, when you hear the, the sound of like the, the foot beats in there that start at the very beginning and at the very end, I tend to think of the Beatles Christmas message that starts out that way. <laughs> it's, I don't know how my brain works, but um, I always loved uh, That's the Way It Goes. I like Wake Up My Love, despite, you know, what a lot of people say about the synthesizer sound that it's very 80s. I don't mind when an artist tries to sound contemporary. I love the song itself. I love Grease as an instrumental. I just think overall, it's a really solid album. And, um, you know, every now and then there'll be some fans that feel that it deserves to uh, get bumped up a bit and respected more. And I like seeing that. But overall, you know, anytime these days people talk about George's solo stuff, everybody raves about all things must pass and deservedly so, and usually cloud nine. And I like seeing the respect being given to 33 and a third and George Harrison, especially. I think the period from living in a material world with dark horse and extra texture gets slighted these days. And uh, I think Brainwash is very respected as an album, but 
you know, Gontrapa was lost in the shuffle with with uh, some of those other George Harrison albums. And I think that it really um, merits considerable attention. It's a lot of good stuff on there. Hmm. Yeah, good picks. Yeah. Good pick, good pick. Okay, uh, Kit, what do you have for George Harrison? Well, this pick, you know, kind of surprises myself as much as anything, because this is an album that took a lot you know it took some time to grow on me uh and that's somewhere in england um Mm. this this was you know i would have said before george harrison or 33 and a third but i feel like those have really grown in appreciation over the years so i decided george harrison exactly yep so i decided to go with something different and that's somewhere in england and um i did not like this album when I first heard it many years ago, I thought it, you know, other than all those years ago, um, you know, I thought it was one of his weaker albums, but over time, uh, as I've listened to it, I thought, you know, there are some gems on here. Uh, it's not, you know, a completely consistent, uh, album, but I mean, you know, I've actually grown to like blood from a clone. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what, you know, cojones this guy had to write, you know, the song and and put it, you know, on the first, you know, the first track of the album, you know, basically, you know, a middle finger to the, you know, the record execs who made him, you know, change so much of the album and said, you know, we need a hit, we need something more up tempo. And he said, Oh, do you want that? Some um papa? <laughs> Here you go. Looking like Frank Zappa. Yeah, like Frank Zappa. I mean, you know, that's really I I just I admire that. I I just think, you know, and it's it's kind of catchy. <laughs> kind of a catchy song. Life yep. itself, I mean, that's a beautiful beautiful song. I I think and then it's one of Yeah, one of his, you know, spiritual songs and and um and it's one of those um where you know it can kind of be whatever you want it to be you know whatever is meaningful to you you know whatever spiritual meaning you want to give it um and uh, and you know beautiful vocal performance from him as well um you know and all those years ago of course we know great song that is um i like that that which i have lost i think that is um you know, a great uh, song lyrically, um, you know, contrasting dark and light, saying, you know, some wanting, you know, saying to bring, you know, bring them out of the dark, uh, remove the dark from um, from in me and give me that which I have lost. I, you know, it's a really beautiful, uh, beautiful imagery in it. I uh, love that kind of country twang to it. And Willie Weeks, you know, as always, props to him. His bass is all over this album, and I, I love his work. Um, writings on the wall, even though it's you know kind of a sad uh, sentiment, um, it's it's still I think a um, you know I mean it really makes you think. Um, you know, it's kind of life is fleeting, um, and so you better think about how you're living your life, and uh, you know, and material things are not. Um, you know, uh, investing your entire life in material things, uh, you better think about what you're doing. Um, Hong Kong Blues is kind of a, you know, one of his Hoagie Carmichael covers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, you know, I, we love it. I think we all love his, his uh, Kogi Carmichael um, obsession. And, and you see that here. I mean, really, um, the only criticism I, I have is, you know, leaving off Flying Hour. I mean, that is such a, a great song. He never should have left that song off. I mean, that's, you know, thankfully in the, um, you know, remastered editions, always, it's, it's uh, now included as a bonus track. And I, I mean, I love that song. But I really, despite, you know, a few tracks that I don't love on here, there are some, you know, really, you know, lyrically beautiful songs, some great vocal performances from him on here. Um, you know, I don't think it, it really deserved the critical drubbing that it got at the time. I, I think there are some buried gems uh, in here. And so I'm, I'm surprised to say, <laughs> you know, 15, <laughs> 20 years ago, I never would have said this, but I, I think it's a, it's an underrated uh, album of, of George's. All right. I tell you though, writings on the wall. Thank you for saying that. The yeah. lyrics of that song are just so powerful. They are. The they words really... so well. Yeah. I mean, really, it really, you know, they make you think, you know, it's like he's talking directly to you. Yeah. I think um, if I can remember exactly, strange, we hold on to things that have no grace or power while death holds on to us much more with every passing hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very strong message. Yep. Um, it's yeah and and the you know the writings on the wall brother your life is in your hands it's up to you to see the writings on the wall right. you know i mean it's it's you know it's up to you how you live your life and uh yeah just really makes you think yeah hmm. you know there's one thing i wish i knew and maybe if any of our viewers can can tell me us did george pick the four songs that were taken off the original somewhere in England or was that I always thought they didn't they, 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 they yeah. the comp, um, company studio the Warner Brothers didn't want certain songs but I'm not sure of that 100% but that's what I always heard I yeah I I don't know I've I've heard you know read elsewhere that George chose to take chose off flying hour lay his head um is it uh, sat Cheers, yeah, sat uh, cheers the world and sat standing I think was the other one Sing, sat like singing Sad singing, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny though because it makes more sense that George picked them because why? I was wondering why the, the, they would leave "Blood from a Clone" mm -hmm. on, although unless they, if that was the case, they just that weren't was, paying any attention. That was, oh, was one, one of the new. Probably yeah. inspiring him after, after that. <laughs> but can you right imagine about. that? That the, the the record execs heard "Blood from a Clone" and were like, "Oh, great! Let's let's lay that back." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I we're think going they didn't to, have any we're idea. Have the kickoff of the whole album. I just, I yeah. think that's awesome that yeah. the George did that. <laughs> yeah, good for him. But whoever right. decision it was to take Flying Hour off. Yeah, wrong. Bang zoom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, what do you got for George Harrison's uh, most underrated? Well, sometimes when an artist has a long career and they keep producing good to great albums midway or in later into their good career or their career it, it sometimes it's it's hard to um you know to sometimes it's easy to forget those earlier albums even though those early albums were successful i mean they could it could be a num uh, you know another num number one album and it could be easily forgotten 
and, and in that case, uh, here lately, uh, over the last you know 10 years, people talk very highly of 33 to third, George Harrison, All Things Must Pass, Cloud Nine, Brainwash. Those are the five albums that lately, over the last decade, I've really been hearing people talk about, which leaves off, you know, uh, living in the material world, which, you know, I can, I know this is your favorite album of all time, but I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about this album much anymore, which is, which is a shame because um, you got a number one song on there, you know, give me love. I mean, how can you ignore, <laughs> ignore that? You know, if you wanted to know what was going on in the world of Beatles, you got Sue Me, Sue You Blues. You knew exactly what was going, you know, going on. Uh, the uh, Don't Let Me Wait Too Long, you know, we talked about that as the single that number was. And, it, it, you know, it was set up to be, but it was pulled at the last minute. Uh, you know, Living in the Material World. Uh, you know, Try Some, Buy Some. You know, a lot of really good songs on here. And then, sometimes, you know, listen, I sometimes word of mouth can can reach far. They got long arms sometimes. And I know people have said that this album can be preachy. You know, maybe this was his, uh, you know, preaching practices album. I don't know. But, you know, that's up for you to to decide to listen to the album and, and for you to make that decision. Don't listen to other people. You know, you, if you're curious about this album, listen to it and you make up your own uh, decision. But but this is an album that I just don't hear a lot of anymore. And that's a shame. I mean, this was a very successful album going to number one. Like I said, I think this knocked off Red Rose Speedway uh, off the top chart, off the top of the charts, right, Ken? Um, you know, he had the number one song and the number one album at the same time. I mean, that is a very rare feat, uh, especially back then with so much, you know, variety of music back then. So um, I just find it interesting as much as I do like this album and, yeah, maybe it might be preachy here and there, but that doesn't take away from its greatness. I, I think every song on here is, is, is well sung, well produced, well written. And um, yeah, I might even forget about this album sometimes, <laughs> uh, which is a shame, but it's, it's a really, really good album. And uh, one that I think that should be uh, considered one of his top, you know, top five, top three. I know Ken, you, I know where you've got it, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, Living in the Material World, really interesting album. Great album. Great album. Overlooked for sure. Some, yeah. Sometimes I don't know why that is. Maybe because of, uh, in some people's minds, you know, like you said, what you call preachy or a little too spiritual for some. For me, yeah. it, it took later years for me to really love it. You know, as I got older, I seemed to love it a lot more. I don't know. I, I, it spoke to me more as I got right. older. And, I, and I'll even suggest that this preachy stuff, quote, unquote, on uh, all things must pass also. Mm -hmm. But I mean, not maybe not on as a whole as much, you know, and uh, it works fine there. All yeah. things must pass, I think, is a much more commercial sounding album. Mm -hmm. Um I think Living in the Material World is a much deeper album when it comes to his spiritual stuff. And a lot of people can't handle that. Right. They want George to be light. They love more, even though they're spiritual and all things must pass. But, you know, yeah. every now and then you'll run into someone who prefers the catchier Cloud Nine, right. Racker Box Palace, the yep. humorous side of George, as opposed to songs where he's really speaking his mind about his spiritual journey and the state of the world 
stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people don't care for that side of George as right. much. But, you and know, I, I like to say, I always make this parallel. This is kind of his plastic on band. Mm. You know, for people yeah. that really admire John for speaking his mind as he did and to bear his soul in plastic on band, I think living in the material world is very much like that. Right. And there's a lot of spiritual images, you know, throughout the album, too. You know, you got, I mean, the cover, you know, the inside, you know, jacket, you know, so... You know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, condone him for, you know, you know, bringing that into, uh, you know, the popular world. I mean, look, I mean, he made it popular with, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, what? <laughs> oh, you know what song I'm talking about. My uh, Sweet Lord, no? I don't know if that's Lord, the one thank you think I don't know why that just, you know, <laughs> lost my mind there, but. Um, Good for you, George. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we need more of that now, in my opinion. A lot of people explored Eastern religion, right. meditation because of George Harrison. Sure. Yeah. The Beatles yeah. first and then later with his solo career. He deserves a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I guess that, that leaves me for George Harrison. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time, especially if it's already been mentioned. <laughs> Yay! Somewhere in England. Hit this <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking about this, um, you know, trying to think which one I think is really underrated. And, um, well, there's more than one, you know, obviously, yeah, your mileage may vary. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kit pretty much nailed it. Uh, I don't think I don't think this is like I would say, oh, this is a great album. This is one of George's best. You know, it wouldn't right. be it wouldn't be in my top four or five of George. But uh, yeah, I think it's better than most people think. You, we already talked about Blood from a Clone, great opener. I really like, you know, sticks it to the record companies. I love that. And Unconsciousness Rules is a, a yeah, good, a good, good second track. Yeah. Track that I like. Life Itself, we already said, very spiritual, gorgeous song. Um, all Those Years Ago. Now, I'm glad that All Those Years Ago exists <laughs> at the time. It was so good, good to hear after John was killed to hear you know somebody kind of pay a tribute to george you know um i again i don't i don't think that one is such a great song i think it's a little awkward a little clumsy here and there but mm. uh it brings back memories of that time for me and uh i still like hearing it you know even though it's i i like something like here today say better as a tribute you know or even em uh, empty garden by Elton John. I mean, I'm not getting into the comparison game, so, so to speak, but mm -hmm. I just thought of it as I'm talking about it. Now, of course, Baltimore Oriole was not mentioned, and I forget if Kit was somebody who doesn't care for that track or not. We've talked it's about this album favorite. before. Because mm -hmm. Ken and I love it. I know that I love Baltimore yeah. Oriole. <laughs> I love that song, and I love those uh, horns on there. And we've talked a lot about it. Look at past shows. We did a whole show on on uh somewhere in england to see if it was uh as bad as they say or as underrated you know overlooked we did a show on another listen for this um teardrops uh is a real good pop song that i think could have been a hit single should have been a hit single well, uh, it wasn't released as a single top 40 it didn't didn't uh didn't do what i would expect it to do 
Mm-hmm. And, and that also could fit maybe as, I don't know, I, I haven't read it up in the book, which I got up there. So, oh, I, took it, I took it down and put it on the bookshelf. <laughs> the George Harrison book, where what he says about teardrops, I don't know if that's necessarily about John, but it fits the scenario of John after he uh, was murdered, you know, about uh, so hard to take. I got to soak in with those teardrops. And et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I, I I like the song. I like the words in it, and uh, I, I I like the tempo of it, which is you know George was a uh, you know accused of not having too many like up tempo songs, rockers really a lot. Uh, I think that works really well. Uh, uh, nobody said anything, and rightly so, about save the world. I still think it's in my. <laughs> least I, George Harrison's song. I kind of skipped list. over that one. <laughs> but I, I, why mention it? I, I, I'm just saying it politely. I'm just not for yes. me. Yes. Yeah, I'll agree. I agree. Okay. okay. Not for me. But uh, that takes care of it, Mr. Harrison. <laughs> All right. So, okay, good. Now we're going to move on to Mr. Starkey, Ringo Starr. Okay, we're going to save uh, John and Paul for, for later. Um, Tom, I'll start with you for a choice for an underrated Ringo album. Well, uh, we uh, talked about this album late last year, um, you know, for Record Store Day. Uh, we got a, a new reissue uh, on vinyl and CD for this album, and we're talking old ways. Uh, criminally, criminally underrated, um, you know, and disrespected, only being released in Germany and Canada, you know, I mean, and rightly so. again, just, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not rightly so. Not Excuse me, I take it back. Regardless of how I feel about the album, it should be released generally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and it should have been. And, and, you know, a lot of people shouldn't have waited uh you know 40 years or whatever it was to finally get it released you know in 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 the good old us um you know we talked about this i think the the first eight tracks are as good as you know a lot of his his better what you want to call better albums where you got ring you know ringo or goodnight vienna and and time takes time in the in those early mark hudson albums i think you know him and joe walsh we talk about that chemistry that they have together and and how well they work together I think Joe did a great job, um, you know, helping Ringo uh, put this album together. Uh, in my car, uh, you know, Hopeless, which I think I wish he would do more songs like those, those comedy uh, songs that he does so well, uh, those everyman songs, um, you know, uh, Picture, Picture Show Life, I, I think is wonderful. She's about a mover, which might be the only song you like, right, Joe, on the album? She's about a mover. I like, I like She's About a Mover. I like Hopeless. <laughs> I love she's yeah, about to move that that version. Yeah. I like hopeless, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, I could tolerate in my car and maybe alibi a little bit. Then. Yeah, if 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 I have a, you know a compl- I, I think maybe it could have been produced a little better, maybe mixed a little better. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, um, it, but like we said, I mean, who who really cared about Ringo at that point in time? Uh, in the eighties, not a lot of people, unfortunately. Um, yeah, maybe some of the music he was putting out wasn't, you know, Ringo status, you know, unfortunately, but um, this is a really good album, Old Wave. If you haven't listened to it yet, please check it out. I'll may, give me, send me your address. I'll mail this to you because I got the reissue and, you know, <laughs> just listen, just give it a shot, you know, come on. Oh, old damn wave. it. <laughs> <Listen to me. laughs> 
Okay, Tom. Or wow. Tom's gonna come so, find you. Yeah, that's that's some low for old for old way. <laughs> oh man! All right, sticking with Ringo, let's go with uh, Ken next. Okay. Well, by the way, I do think that I I wish that Ringo would do a lot more with Joe Walsh because I think that um, mm-hmm. they have really good chemistry together. And I love the whole sound of Old Wave. I had never had a problem with the production behind it. Really? Okay. But anyway, Ringo's career, I mean, aside from the diehards and people who care enough to follow us, to be realistic, he hasn't had a decent selling album since Goodnight Vienna. Right. Tell the truth here. That doesn't mean that he hasn't done some outstanding work since then. When people in general talk about Ringo's catalog, they rave about the Ringo album. Bukusa Blues gets a lot of respect. And mm-hmm. people like myself that wish that Ringo would do another country album. And we've talked on this show a lot about how Time Takes Time was like the start of really kind of a renaissance for Ringo. It was such a perfect album. And I look at after the Ringo album, the best albums that Ringo made were Time Takes Time through say choose love and i like all the postmark cuts and stuff as well but as far as top tier ringo it's those albums that i think the most highly of and let's face it none of those albums sold very well and apart from the diehard fans who knows about them (laughs) really and the material is really strong on all those albums and it's very tough for me to pick any one of those and single them out and say this is the most underrated when it comes to the Mark Huds and stuff, I tend to look at Ringo Ram as being the strongest possibly. But man, I love a lot of stuff on Vertical Man and Choose Love. And Time Takes Time is an outstanding album. It's just, um, you know, there's a lot of material on Ringo Rama. I love the whole chemistry of Mark Hudson, Gary Burr, Steve Dudas. They were a great team. And I'm glad that Gary is still working with Ringo. Occasionally, Steve Dudas still works with Ringo. Some of the songs on Ringo Rama are just outstanding, especially Instant Amnesia which oh, as yes. Ringo's doing this drum solo where he rarely ever, you know, does drum solos. And um, I know I, I asked Mark Hudson, why hasn't he done more of those? And he said, he doesn't know. Ringo was in the mood at that moment and he just went with it. And, um, you know, Never Without You is a great tribute to George Harrison. Eye to Eye, I love as a great opening track. Missouri Loves Company. What a great... you know play on words uh which actually uh when we interviewed gary burr on things we said today he said the lyrics came from dean grakel who was the son of bruce grakel who was like ringo's lawyer dean actually passed away recently um but great fun lyrics where you, you know you can apply a state or a city with the name of a female and it can go either way in the song you know, kind of like Georgia on my mind is, you know, very clever. There's so much really good stuff. They're all well-constructed songs. And I've always liked Mark Hudson's production. And, uh, you know, I could pick anything from Time Takes Time through Choose Love and say it's the most underrated in Ringo's catalog. But because I think Ringo Rama is the best of the bunch, I think I'll go with that. Mm. Interesting. Very good. Very well said. Imagine me oh. there. Oh, there's a great song. I, oh, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. We talked about there. that with Gary Burr. Oh, one of his best ballads. 
Yeah, and you know that's why Beetle Beetle fans who won't give Ringo a chance. I'm thinking of somebody out there. I won't say who it is, but uh, <laughs> I think the casual fan would love something <laughs> like uh, um, Instant Am- Amnesia. You know, if they didn't never gave that album a chance, I think if they listen to that album, I think that song would be one that they would gravitate towards. Well, what about Ringo doing a drum solo? Like I said a drum solo. You don't get drum solos you know no but i think they would yeah. find it interesting enough you know that they yeah. would really yeah. enjoy it so i'm saying give this one yeah you for those people out there that's what i was going to say you know you, you you think well ringo never did drum solos well here he's doing a drum solo you, yeah. you don't know what you might find that you like with, with there's, mm. there's some good ringo tracks that you're missing folks really mm. even if yeah. you don't love the, all the albums or the whole album you're missing some good ringo stuff out there right free your soul Listen, listen, listen to Ringo. <laughs> All right. Good song. Ringo. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, let's uh, Kit. We're up to you for Ringo. What do you okay. have for underrated? Okay. Well, normally I would say time takes time, but I've talked about that album a lot. So I thought I better, I better pick something else. And um, so I chose something from uh, the post uh, Mark Hudson era. And I believe it's the first album that Ringo produced or, or kind of co-produced, uh, with, uh, Bruce Sugar. And that's why not. Um, mm. and I, I really have you know, kind of affection for this album because I remember I reviewed it when it came out and I was, you know, really excited to, to hear what he would do, uh, Ringo as a producer. And while well, again, it's not, you know, entirely consistent. Uh, it's still there's some there's some good tracks on here. Um, I'm, let me just get this out of the way right now. We're just going to pretend who's your daddy never. Existed. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, no. I was thinking of you, kid. You know, there's, a, there's some, Matthew Street that had showed a new compilation spanning Ringo's career. It's like four CDs. It's mm-hmm. you know, an, an unusual mm-hmm. release. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. different. And Who's Your Daddy was on it. I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah so we're, we're just it. going to pretend that's not on the album. That never happened. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the other tracks then. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, there's some, you know, real, really uh, fun tracks and, and really uh, good ones. Um, Peace Dream. I, I do like the nods. Love it. Yeah. I do love the nods to John on that and normally i I don't like you know normally i think sometimes ringo can go a little overboard with the beetle nods and and all that but this one i i kind of i do like the nods to john in in the lyrics it's it's kind of touching you know i agree does it yeah i do like it works there it works it works works even though it's we're usually bellyaching about that but for some reason it works on that track right Absolutely. And, um, and then uh, the other side of Liverpool, I really like that song. I, I of all the Liverpool uh, songs he's done, uh, that may be my favorite. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, is I, I like the, you know, shout outs to, you know, friends and then who, you know, helped him um, and the backing vocals. Uh, Cindy Gomez, I think is the, the name mm. of the vocalist. I mean, she really kills it 
on on that. But I, I just like and the organ. I mean, the organ on that, uh, the uh, Billy Squire and Dave Stewart, I think, are on guitar on that track. Um, you know, it has kind of a little bit of a grittiness to it, which I, I really like. I mean, you know, he still clearly loves Liverpool, but it's not wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. And he, uh, you know, makes that clear, which I I'll walk with you you know, it was a yeah. lovely yeah. song, uh, you know, duetting with Paul, of course. And, and uh, they, I wish they had done more tracks like that together. Their voices, you know, blend very well. Of course, they've, you know, worked together a little bit. Uh, and so it's not a big <laughs> surprise. Um, and the violin on there is a, a lovely touch as well. Um, and, uh, and really the band, on here in general and of course he has loads of guests that uh we all know and love uh, like uh, don was billy squire joe walsh you know makes an appearance just a, a solid uh solid group here can't do it wrong uh co-written with gary burr you mentioned him earlier um got you know has some nice whimsical lyrics to it um and uh, edgar winter i think is on that track you know i think it just has some uh, some you know solid songs on it that you know really support Ringo quite well, um, and uh, and I think Ringo's voice sounds strong on it. And so, you know, do I love every single track on it? No, but I think it really um, shows Ringo you know could produce himself fairly well. Mm. Um, you know, I I was very you know at the time that I first heard it, I was very impressed and uh, thought, hey, he'll do just fine. You know, he'll he'll be fine without Mark Hudson and and uh, all that. He's on to a new phase. And, and I uh, was, you know, I thought, hey, if it sounds like this. He'll he'll be able to go on to the next phase of his career and be just fine. And so um, I really wanted to draw attention to this album because I think uh, it is worth um, another listen, as as we uh, say on this show, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some there's some uh, th- thank you, Tom, and, uh, <laughs> and there's really some there's some you know good songs on here, some um, some very gems. So do check out why not? Why not check it out? Why not? And I happen to agree with you on this almost just about every word. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really like that album a lot. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of his uh, better later albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I like Everyone Wins as well. I like mm-hmm. oh, that's another one that's on that I like. And the song Why Not, I like. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, the song Time. Is yes. Yeah. Co wrote yeah. that with Stewart. It's very different from anything else he'd done before. Kind of has a light jazz feel to it, kind of sparse. Mm hmm. Yeah doesn't go in the direction that most Ringo songs do. And isn't Mystery of the Night on there, too? Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's all signs of things to come. Mystery of the Night I love a lot because, uh, well, for one thing, he wrote that with Richard Marks. And I like all the songs that he's written with Richard Marks. And if you take a look at all the people that he's collaborated with on Why Not, it was a sign of what was to come on future albums because... Right. The same people, Dave Stewart, Joe Walsh, Richard Marks, Van Dyke Parks, yep. you know, some of those same people repeated on, on uh, you know, the next. You know, year. I don't know why, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's one of the better charting albums that he had. Yes, I think you're I think right. 58 on, in, on Billboard, maybe. Yep, if I'm I not think mistaken. you're right. 
I'd have to look. I, th I thought it was like around a hundred, but we can always double. I think it, I think yeah. it got. Take a look at that, folks. I think see. you're right that it may have gotten briefly to fifty. I think the other side of Liverpool is one of the more interesting of the Liverpool songs musically. Mm -hmm. I kind of yes. enjoy that one, the direction they went into musically on that one. Yeah, uh, I enjoy that one a bunch. Yeah, I like the words in there, and the, still, it looks like it shows a little bit how, if I'm reading the, the lyrics literally, about how he wants to get out of there a little bit because it has that yeah. <laughs> says, you know, about you know the line, right? The, yeah. the, what is it? The other side of Liverpool is cold and damp. Cold and damp. Yes. The only, the way, only out. way out of there. Yeah. Guitar and amp. Yeah. I think it was something like guitar and amp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's and that's again that's what i liked about it that he was you know he was honest about it i mean he didn't hate it but i mean it was like i said it wasn't sunshine and rainbows right you know and, yeah. it, and it wasn't for him right i mean he you know the the, the dingle was was a tough tough yeah, area i mean yeah. you know and i mean it it was uh you know, yeah 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 and he performed that during that time he performed that song yeah on a did. lot of shows yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Shows, yeah. Mm -hmm. Daily show, I think it was. Um, good, good song. When it when it comes to Ringo Starr, I mean, I I have like a few albums that I'm thinking. Uh, I wear I wore my Ringo button and nobody can see it, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I can see it. So yep, I see it. <laughs> anyway, um, I, there's a few I could say, and I feel like I've talked about these anytime we talk about underrated Ringo albums. Uh, I was going to say Bad Boy, which I was going to talk about, but which is is one of his most underrated in my mm -hmm, estimation. I but I decided to go with this one. We talked about this too. Stop and smell the roses. I, somebody didn't like this one too much. Is it you, Tom, or am I imagining things? Somebody I think you was might a while. Imagining things. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, imagine me there. Yeah, imagining things. Um, but yeah, uh, Stop and Smell the Roses uh, from 1981. He's trying to recapture the formula. You know, we always try to do that with a little help from his friends, right? Like what he did with the Ringo self-titled album and how he did with Goodnight Vienna. This is like that. It's got Rack My Brain on here, which should have been a bigger hit. Yeah. But, you know, there was a video that was out and it made MTV, made the rounds. And I think Rack My Brain is a fine song that George wrote uh for, for Ringo private property open it, it's yeah. open I said this once that you know it's a Paul McCartney track but I didn't think it was anything like one of Paul's best or anything but I think it fits Ringo and I think it's a great opener mm -hmm. and I think it really starts this album off strongly and I even like stuff like drumming is my madness which I think is that the Harry Nielsen yep uh, mm -hmm. track and uh I take that completely tongue-in-cheek Ringo having a, a blast talking about him as a himself as a drummer and playing it up uh i love the track stop and take the time to smell the roses and the video that goes with it um it's just a complete toward the force ringo just completely letting it all out and being zany as anything it's a zany fun track if you take it in the right spirit i'm noticing i like every song on here dead giveaway uh that was that Ron Wood. I'm trying to remember who wrote these. Yes, that was Ron Dead, Wood. Dead giveaway. I love that. That just that's a just a, a I don't know what you call that, like a, a, a kind of like intense kind of track that I like. It's got some good guitar on there. Lawrence Juber 
is on this. This might be the album where they credit him as Lawrence Tuber by accident. Tuber. <laughs> I, I think I remember you remember on that as well. LP, on the original LP, yeah, it was Tuber, but you know when the CD came out in the early '90s, they fixed it. They fixed it. Then you're yeah. talking about uh, the cover version of uh, "You Belong to Me." Ringo really like zips that up and makes it a little bit more fun. I have a good time with that. And Sure to Fall, the track that the Beatles did, you know, as well as fun. You've Got a Nice Way is, is a really a, a pretty song, I think, uh, Stephen Stills. The only thing really for me that kind of ruins the album, if it's not perfect, is uh, Back Off Boogaloo, the, I don't know what you call it, like a, the first time Ringo really went crazy saying Beatle titles. Oh yeah, everything, and that, that might have been with Harry Nielsen too, if I'm not mistaken. It was uh, it's kind of reminiscent of what Harry did early on with "You Can't Do That." You can't do that. I heard that oh, single. Right. You know, there's a single that I found somewhere, somewhere uh, mm. in the record store. But I mean, I can listen to it, you know, uh, I, I, for for a lark. But I actually like uh, what he did. The song "Postcards from Paradise," which. Uh, it's kind of like we were talking about, Kit was mentioning with like the, the song Peace Dream, how for some reason we didn't mind the John Lennon reference in there. I don't mind when he does the song Postcards from Paradise. because I, I just think he's sitting down going, okay, I'm going to just do a song where it's just, I'm going to have to think of every Beatles name, a song that can come up, I'll work into this thing and mm -hmm. just do it all in one song. You know? yeah. I So I, I take that for what it is too, but that's another album for another show, perhaps, right? Yep. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I really think this is good. It's got a lot of good people on it. Uh, should have done better. John Lennon was uh, going to be on this album, a uh, tribute to this album, but we know what happened, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah. And I don't know if, the, if, if with all four, or all three, sorry, all three of them on there, I don't know if it would have helped. You know, whether or not, you know, Life Begins at 40, if, if that was going to be one of the tracks or, or what. I mean, you know, I don't know if people cared that much. They weren't. Yeah. yeah. No. Rain is a really strong song for a single, and that one only went to number 38. Yeah, right. that should have yeah. done way better. I thought that was a great song. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a, good, a good tune. I, I, I like that. A good track. Mm -hmm. a good 40 was, was abandoning Ringo. For quite a while i mean after a dose of rock and roll which you know did okay went to number 26 all the the singles after that didn't do well at all but um you know i, I like what you said about songs like drumming is my madness if if like you were like what tom was saying if you like a song like hopeless if you like mm -hmm. the side of ringo the more yeah. songs, drumming is my madness and stop it smell the roses are more to your liking yeah and, yeah I love Zany living at the end of Stop and Smell the Roses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they take I remember time buy this, buy this album, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was moderating one show, and you know how at the end I'll put in a, a Ringo lyric, yeah. and, then I, and then I did Stop and Take, and then you guys, you two were kind of like, well, <laughs> I did it pretty loud. You know, I said it pretty loudly. So yeah. that's, that's pretty funny. Bill, you, you never mention attention. <laughs> oh, I never mentioned that. Oh, I have to, wait a minute, I missed well, it. That's okay. That's okay. By the way, no, I really did miss it. I just, I just, my eyes just, my eyes just, I do like attention by attention. Another Paul McCartney song. 
uh, which is which I have fun with. Again, I think it's good for Ringo. You know, Very good. Um, I, I, I my eyes just scan past it, folks. Sorry, I would have, I would have mentioned it if I'd seen it. I do like that uh, song. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd want to see Paul hear Paul doing it. Honestly, because I associate it so much with Ringo. Although yeah. there was a little while ago, anybody here? There was a little snippet that right. got out of audio of Paul doing attention. I, yeah, I think I heard that. Which was fun. Which was fun, actually. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So next, I think we'll move on to John Lennon. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this one, Kit, we're going to start with you for an underrated John Lennon album. Okay. Now, um, you know, of course, we unfortunately have a smaller, um, you know, pool to choose from. And somebody uh, commented on our when I put up the notice of our next uh, episode on YouTube that, you know, there, there are no underrated John uh, Lennon albums. And well, I mean, it, I think that there are definitely, um, uh-oh. Well, John, Tom, <laughs> oh, Tom, 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 Tom disappeared. Tom disappeared. He'll be, he'll be back. <laughs> Come he'll back, be back, Tom. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get to Paul yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, you'll be back. Um, so I I think though, you know, underrated I know is kind of a relative term here, but um even though this of course had two hits from from the album, um I think Walls and Bridges is still not mentioned as often as Imagine, Plastic Ono Band, um, and um and and probably double fantasy you know probably those you know those are the three that you hear about most often and and i think walls and bridges time is coming i i think oh tom's coming back okay let me let me admit him um i think you know it really um you know you just don't hear about it as often as those other albums and i know we've talked about it before on our show but i mean there's so many incredible tracks on it it's it's really um you know it's it's a little bit plastic ono band light in a way because it's just as emotional <laughs> welcome back tom technology oh, yeah technology what can you do i know <laughs> um you know it's as emotional in many ways and then as soul bearing um as plastic ono band in a way because of course it does chronicle uh, you know, parts of the the lost weekend, um, and you can definitely hear the uh, you know what he was going through. Uh, I mean, the the songs are just so painfully honest. Like, you know, um, going down on love. I mean, it's it's uh, you know he was uh, you know in a way talking about that. You know, even though his you know life at the time, you know, in L.A look like you know look like he was having a great time and now but uh you know he kind of needed to to in a way be rescued uh as as you know he he was uh saying about you know from this kind of hedonistic lifestyle he was living in many ways um you know what you got was kind of a similar way but i love his vocals on what you got i mean just one of just again showing he's one of the best had one of the best rock and roll voices of all time uh we've talked about bless you quite a bit on this show i think it's one of his best ballads uh just uh you know show how much she 
range he had with his voice, emotional range, scared. I mean, you know, that's about as raw as it gets. Um, you know, I know Ken and I have bonded over this song before. I mean, just just an incredible, uh, incredible song. Um, and uh, Stealing Glass, too. I mean, that yeah, is... Don't get me started how much I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Joe and I have bonded over this song. Uh, you know, auto. I mean, talk about autobiographical. I mean, you just hear the pain um, that that he's going through and the the string arrangement on that is i mean it's it's almost sounds like a horror film in, in, in many ways i mean you just you know you just sense the 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 again just this emotional torment he's going through and nobody loves you when you're down and out i mean the title alone will of course clue you in on on what's going on i mean he is just laying bare his life for you right there but of course it's not all um you know depressing and and all he has uh the song for may may peng as a surprise surprise sweet bird uh, paradox where he's you know giving her credit for saving him you know during this this time he was going through that that if he had just gone to la alone i mean you know would have completely self-destructed and uh she certainly saved him from that um and uh and so it's it's really and then of course the cover um you know of yaya with uh, with julian uh featured on it so it's not you know completely but it, it's just to me uh an incredible example of his you know barrier soul kind of songwriting and his and his vocals are just as good as they've ever been and so i cannot wait Sean, if you're listening, uh, for the <laughs> for the box set treatment for this, I, oh, I cannot I wait. <laughs> yeah, I love that album, Walls and Bridges, as well. And you know, somebody in the comments had, was saying, "Well, I actually think it's pretty well regarded this album." But I think mm -hmm. I know what you're saying is that it doesn't usually get held up uh, like the way Imagine and Plastic Ono Band do, really. Right. You know, uh, exactly. but I, I I really love the album. Yeah, and uh, I can't say much more than that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's move on now to Tom for John Lennon. All right. Well, you know, even though I was born in 73, I would have loved to have been a teenager in 73. Um, you know, following John's career, it was very interesting. You know, little success. I mean, he, at first he was probably the least successful of the of the four, which is you know when you when you think about it, is kind of shocking, uh, in a way. Um, and I'm not saying that his stuff was bad. I'm just saying he just wasn't having the chart success as the other three were were having at the time. Um, but uh, and and I think I would like to know if fans gave up on him after some time in New York City um you know imagine did okay um you know uh the uh the plastic ono band album did okay but they, they they weren't you know what they were expecting i don't think if they wanted that um you know that that the commercial feel and i feel the next album mind games i think had i think a return to form in a way of commercial feel now you know can you let me know if you agree about some of that but um I think Mind Games is the one album that's starting to get more appreciation these days. But I still hear people is, talk about, um, you know, the, the the album Kit just talked about. I still, you know, hear 
people talking more about uh, Imagine and, 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 and Plastic Ono Band, and rightfully so. Those are fantastic records. I think this one, I think Mind Game sometimes gets a little bit more lost in the shuffle. I mean, you know, what he, he and Yoko were going through at the time. I mean, the cover is very telling. I mean, you can, you know, imagine what you will about that cover, you know, with John walking away uh, or however you want to interpret it. But um, the tracks on here are just, you know, fantastic. I mean, Mind Games, um, you know, only going to 18, you know, as a single. You know, uh, the album itself only going to number nine, which, you know, mm. number nine. Um, but uh, so I would have loved to have been following his career up there and to see what people were, you know, how they were talking about John back then. And, and if they felt that this was kind of a return to form in the commercial sense, not necessarily as a, in a songwriting sense, because those albums, you know, like I said, Plastic Ono Band and Imagine had some, some of his best songs on there. But um, again, this is one that I don't, necessarily hear people a lot of people talking about as much uh but you know uh out of the blue i know i know has become one of my all-time all favorites uh the last 10 years osama osama Mawson. i can't know wait i try to say that i, I, assume, I assume it's saying yeah. I, I, yeah i try to say that word too fast and it uh, never comes off and yeah, then you, you know and the Tolkien international anthem i mean come on that's one of the best things he's ever done you know, <laughs> that's so, a banger yeah, yeah. oh banger. absolutely <laughs> But tight as tight as is a great rocker. Um, yeah. You can't deny that, you know. Again, and he's I think he's in great uh, vocal form on this album, and uh, it's, this is an album that uh, you know makes me happy. And uh, and uh, again, this is the one I just don't see a lot of people talking about. In I think it's getting form. better though. I, I feel I, you yeah. know I come across a lot more people saying they like it these days, but, you right? Know, but, which yeah. is a good thing. But uh, one thing I did want to say before uh, Ken. Uh, you know, the, when you were saying about the reason why you thought maybe with John's case, why he was being like ignored or forgotten, uh, forgotten in the music, if there's some time in New York City and, and that, I think that was happening a lot of his career period because of him being with Yoko and the general vibe that a lot of the general public got about the two of them being kind right. of like out there and stuff like that, you know. So you don't well, agree, Kit? <laughs> oh no, I was saying that's ridiculous. I oh, was, I'm that sorry. was shaking well, my head like I didn't you know. know. I didn't know if you like. Oh no, no, I meant like you know. It's like I ridiculous. think because you know I really think that's why. Oh, that Lennon guy, yeah, that he's nuts. You know that kind yeah. of stuff. I really think that that that, that kind of got in the way of a lot of his uh, acceptance and. Uh, Right. Kept, and well, from having more hits, number ones. Yeah. I mean, number one. And I don't think there's anything wrong with singing what you believe in, what they were doing with, you know, sometime in New York City. But you also alienate, you know, a, a whole side of fan base that way. Well, yeah, yeah, but that, uh, that's, you know, we've, we've talked about that could be a show in itself. It was because I'm looking yeah. for topics for Fab Gab as well, my show. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, the thing is, there's some people who believe. It. I remember Lindsey Buckingham saying that when that album Tusk came out. Fleetwood Mac. Some people didn't like it after yeah. rumors. And I remember him saying at the time, and I thought he was so like a no offense, a, a jerk at the time I thought for saying it. I don't think so now. But he was saying, well, if it means that your artistic integrity I, uh, he says, and if it means that you come up with something that a lot of people are going to be confused by and they're not going to accept, well that's too bad. Right. Stuff like hmm. that. And I'm thinking, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. You're going to Again, you're going to just kowtow. Uh, this is John versus Paul moment. It's like, you know, Paul's like, well, this isn't working. Uh, I, the critics are, 
aren't really uh, embracing this. I listened to a show recently, I don't know whose it was, where this subject came up. Uh, and it was like, uh, it took him a while to, 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 to uh, make the critics happy. Ah, bad on the run, I got it, I found it, the formula. But, you know, he was trying to do the wildlife, he was trying to do what you want to do, you know. Uh, but even John was, let's face it too, though. John wanted a hit too. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He wouldn't have, he would have kept doing more suntime in New York cities. If right. 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 Exactly. Right. 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 So, uh, but at the time, that's, that's what he wanted to do. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom, did I step over you? You were finished or? No, no. Yeah. All set. All, all right. Thanks. Uh, now we're going to go to uh, Ken for John Lennon. Okay, well, before I give you my choice, first of all, I just wanted to say about Kids' Choice with Walls and Bridges. Walls and Bridges is very much like Plastic Ono Band, only really produced well with, uh, you know, a full band. Right. So not as raw, but man, so it's produced extremely well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I rave about Scared and Stealing Glass and how well, and nobody loves you when you're down and out, you know, but... Um, I agree with what you guys are saying. It still is Plastic Ono Band Imagine Double Fantasy for the most part is being rated the best, but I do feel like Mind Games and Walls of Bridges are getting a bit more respect, but just not in the same regard as the others. Right, exactly. And John, yeah, it's true. I think John pissed off a lot of people by trying to force Yoko on the public. But if you look at his chart success, he still did very well up until, say, sometime in New York City. And uh, I mean, he had hits like Instant Karma and Imagine. Plastic Auto Bad album still went top 10. The Imagine album went to number one. So it's not like he wasn't doing that well. No. I guess I was thinking number one singles. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't have a number one single until whatever gets you through the night. Yeah. Yeah. But um, didn't fame come first? What's that? Didn't fame come first? I don't look at that as a John Lennon single. It's a David Bowie single, but even still, no. Whatever gets you through the night was a hit before fame. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 74. Yep. November of 74. And the other one's 75, right? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get my ears right. I don't know. Um, yeah, but my choice is definitely Mind Games. I think that Mind Games is the most overlooked of John Lennon's solo career. It's a solid album from start to finish. It is, you know, I do like the songs on Sometime in New York City, but you, you also have to regard an album that's half John, half Yoko as different from an all John Lennon album. Um, and I love John's stuff on Sometime in New York City too, despite the fact that they're songs about people of that time. I still love them, but I like all the songs on Mind Games. There's so much. I, I definitely rate songs like Out the Blue and I Know I Know as among the best of John's solo career of his all-time career, including Beatles stuff. I think the title track to Mind Games is one of his greatest songs and greatest singles. There's so much amazing material on there. You Are Here is a beautiful song. Meet City. <laughs> I just oh, think Meet City would Great go a couple more minutes because it's a fantastic rocker. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, Bring On the Lucy a lot. I actually like One Day at a Time, but I got to tell you, even though I know John said that it was Yoko's idea that he sing the song in falsetto, I like the version better that's on the John Lennon anthology where he's singing it. 
regular voice. I think it works better for him that way. Just my opinion. I see Masen, terrific track. Mm. Such a great bluesy number that works really well for him. David Spinoza, aces on that guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, Intuition is a fantastic song. Uh, I always thought that could work as a single. Um, well, that was going to be my question to you, Ken. I mean, because there's only one single on this album. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, what do you see here as a, as a follow-up single? As a very commercial song, I think probably Intuition, but I don't think it would have charted that high, maybe top 20. Hmm. Hey, if Mind Games couldn't make the top 10. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mind Games is a fantastic record, and it's really yeah. marvelously produced. You know, mm -hmm. I know people rave a lot about it's the car man, imagine, and mind games is so amazing as a song. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, and later on, to me, woman is still my favorite song of John Lennon's solo career. So as a single, I have to rate that number one. But mind games is way up the list. So you know, as far as a really solid album that most people don't give that much credit to. Um, definitely, if you love Imagine, how can you, as an album, the Imagine album, how can you not like Mind Games? You know, mm -hmm. it's impossible. <laughs> They're really <laughs> loaded with strong material. And like you said, Tom, Tight As is a great rocker. Yeah. I just like every song on there. Only People is the only one that's kind of like a forced, very, very mm -hmm. song, but I still like it. Um, <clears throat> the whole but just for just for out the blue, and I know I know in mind games, it's worth it. For that. Um, do you know do you actually know people in fandom who have, don't like the album? I mean, I, I ask because I know the people who might not think of it as up there as uh, Plastic Ono Band, Imagine, and maybe even Walls and Bridges. I, I put it number four actually, but um, I don't know any. I never heard anybody that, that didn't like it. They just made put it a little lower uh, what do you think when i interviewed jack douglas he wasn't too impressed with it oh really <laughs> oh well you know, it's kind of like to him john going through the motions oh yeah yeah we felt that's his ears he has a right to say it i know some people have complained about the production on mind games and it's a very yeah mighty yeah. sounding album um, the original. i always liked the production on mind games i like the remaster that came out 2010 i like the remake too, but i think i like the original the wow. hmm. does does anybody want to take a guess at what my uh, underrated john lennon album is okay are you gonna match kid again <laughs> we could be we could be here forever but i'll just say it um sometime in new york city but oh. <laughs> This is a good time. This is a good time to say with this album, a good example. Underrated doesn't mean. I mean, I might have said it before. I can't even remember with my short-term memory loss these days. Uh, <laughs> you know about it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's oh this is great. This is fantastic. You know, yeah, I said that with some other album. I can't remember which one. There's somewhere in England by George. I said it. You know, if I'm gonna personally rank my feelings on John's studio albums. This one will come up at, at, at the bottom, you know, as far as his original material. Uh, maybe Milk and Honey, but I never really count Milk and Honey because it wasn't fully realized while John was alive. So 
Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I get that. And I'm not calling this any kind of masterpiece. You know, we've talked about this album as well. Um, I just, I think it shows, and some people think it's a, a lot of foolishness on John's part. I say it's bravery, guts, putting something like this out. And Ken was saying, uh, one of the criticisms is he, he kind of said, yeah, it, it's about people and events from the past, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the idea of it, you know, what's going on in the news today, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but that gets us into our favorite dated thing that, that, that doesn't matter, you know, if it's dated or so to speak. You just got to make, enjoy it for that. And I think then here, I think the Elephant's Memory band sounds I like them on this. They sound grungy. They sound good to me on this mm. album. I don't. I agree. Yeah, I, I like the sound of them, and I've heard at least one of their albums, "Elephant's Memory," that I like. As far as that goes, um, not as much so with respect. I say uh, live on on the one to one show, but I really like the sound on on this, and you know the Yoko stuff. I like the Yoko stuff on here. Sisters, oh sisters, I always call it like it's, it reminds me of a girl group kind of mm. song. And We're All Water is just Yoko, another tour de force of yeah. being Yoko, but in a fun way, I think. And uh, I like Born in a Prison. I like the way John sings with her on that. Uh, some of the lyrics are, are nice. Um, I like the way they sing Luck of the Irish together. But for John, I love the the track, controversial track, Woman is the End of the World. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that, again, that's coming out there and saying uh, something with a song like that for women's rights really is what it's about. Saying how women are mistreated and, you know, uh, not treated properly. That's controversial. I like, I like the nerve behind that. Uh, I like the sound of the track. I like the way John sings it, you know, uh, the, the force and the power of it. <clears throat> and everything. I mean, Attica State don't agree with the subject matter of it, but I like the the roughness of the sound of it, you know, of it. And the song "New York City," as I always say, is is my favorite song. Maybe on the record, record, it's just a good rocker. John didn't do many of those rockers we talked about. Meet City, what you got, yeah. and so forth. And it's great to hear him do something like uh, New York City. And for me, you know, being from New York, I love to hear him like singing a, a claim for the city and everything, you know. So, um, yeah, I just I just like the album, but definitely in my book, not his best album at all. But I just I just think it's more listenable than most people give it credit for. If you're a John Lennon fan, that's kind of what I mean by underrated for me mm -hmm. you know so i like what you said about elephant's memory because th that band really suited this material yeah i think so i agree perfect band for those songs for yeah. for that for that purpose for that album i i think they were it really worked i mean they had that as you said that grungy sound that you know they didn't need to be slick for those songs i mean you know they they sounded good i mean i thought they really and i'm not saying this facetiously at all i mean i i like we're all water and i thought they jammed on that i mean i really like their sound on that yeah song. Mm -hmm. 
And she makes good observations. You know, we can get a whole a whole show of Yoko's lyrics and so forth. I mean, oh. you know, yeah, I John like the lyrics it. of that song. Actually. I like the lyrics. I like most of her lyrics most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think they make you they make you think. Mm-hmm. And John once said, I mean, Yoko's lyrics are so poetic. You know, he's admires them, and they are <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of times. I, I can't wait to talk about uh, some of her lyrics here soon. Yes, we are. Yes, yep. well, there's going to be shows. <laughs> Sneak preview. We're going to be doing that stuff. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get to Mr. McCartney, Paul McCartney. Uh, oh, save right. the, the biggest catalog for, for last. Uh, we're going to start with Ken for this one. So, Ken, you're up first for Paul McCartney for an underrated album. Well, I don't think anyone who's followed my work is going to be shocked to hear me say what I would pick, but it always comes down to two albums. It's either Press to Play or Driving Rain. And I'm glad to see that I think that both those albums have risen a bit, I think, in recent years. I, I mean, I've seen this. I've noticed that. But um, I'm going to pick Press to Play, most of all, because I just think that um, the collaborations that he did on that album with Eric Stewart, I think, worked really well. It's that's a very underrated songwriting partnership that I wish continued. And I love the work that Hugh Padgham did on it. And I realize that it's it's an ongoing debate on most podcast shows. There are people that would prefer if Paul would just, you know, continue to do the kind of music where it's more his own sound, the sound that made him famous not just in the Beatle days, but that 70s sound, instead of jumping around to different producers, uh, whatever the flavor of the month is at the time. And um, a lot of people look at Press to Play as being very 80s. There are some songs in there that definitely have an 80s sound, but you know, there's music that's out there today that has an 80s sound, if you really were to listen to some of the bands that are out today. Um, I don't mind when Paul does that. It keeps his music fresh for me. I don't want him putting out the same sound every time. I don't want, you know, there are people who, who fall in the flaming pie, chaos and creation camp. And I love those albums, don't get me wrong. But if every album was like flaming pie, if every album was like the wing sound of the 70s, eventually it would get monotonous. So I like the fact that he tries working with different producers. I think it keeps his, his catalog interesting. And I love the material on Press to Play so much. I think Stranglehold is a great opening track. I love the medley of Good Times Come and Feel the Sun. There's so many ideas in there. And I love all the, the drum sounds, the heavy drum sounds and, and uh, you know, the synthesizers and stuff like that that are on a song like that. It really works for that material. Um, and I have heard the bootleg of what it was like when it was before. Right. Yep. And more what Eric Stewart would have wanted. I like that too, but I'm so used to the way it is on Press to Play. I kind of prefer it that way. Talk more talk. I have to love that song, don't I? (laughs) Our theme song. Yes. Um, You know, I like all that electronic stuff. Just like uh, Paul kind of repeated that when she's given up talking on Driving Rain. I see similarities between both those albums. Um, Press to play and Driving Rain. Uh, Footprints is a gorgeous tune. One of his great acoustic tunes written with Eric Stewart. You don't get much better as a ballad than Only Love Remains. I mean, it's just a completely perfect song that that should be recognized as, you know, if not the best ballad of his solo career, definitely in the top three to five. 
you know, and there's a lot of people that don't even know that song and should know it. It's just simply a gorgeous tune. I've always loved Press as a song. Um, did you want to say something, Tom? Um, uh, just in, I guess this has been confirmed. It's um, uh, Louise Harrison has passed away. Oh. You've checked on that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt, Ken. Yeah, that's really sad news to hear. I mean, she's been a friend of uh, uh, the Fest for Beatle fans, been a guest several times. And, uh, you know, we all know that she moved to the United States early. Right. She was plugging the Beatles, um, you know, trying to help them out early on before they were really big. And um, yeah, it's kind of questionable the relationship that George had with Louise. But um, I know that certainly for those of us who have been to the fest, you know, many of them have have uh, enjoyed her company there, and uh, just very sad to hear. Yeah, very sorry to hear that. You know, I actually got a message while the show was on about that, but I wanted to check before I said anything. So yeah. I was okay. checking. Yeah. Okay. So it's been yeah. confirmed. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Um, about press to play I, I always love press as a single again it, it, there's a song that doesn't sound like anything else he did before that although spies like us is kind of like kind of leads to that in a way with the head yeah. a little bit but press press is a very different song for him um pretty little head I, that's i love the weird yeah so weird from paul for people that yeah you know you joe you love check my machine <laughs> Come on. I'm going to get I'm going to get you back when I talk about my choice of uh, McCartney underrated. Yeah. No I I was wondering where you were going with that Ken. We're like you Joe like well, I'm like, sorry this, uh, you know I I was going to be quiet all through the press to play this is <laughs> Ken's moment. No. <laughs> I heard you say that you love Jack Machine as a song but yeah, there's an oddball as an oddball B-side. Yes I do but not the I think I think most of the songs on press to play are weak. It has nothing for me to do with production. Okay, that's what you've said. But a lot of people... I know, as we always say. <laughs> okay. I'm only going by what a lot of fans have said to me. All right. Notice a pattern. A lot of Beatle fans don't like more modern sounds. They want more of the same, of what made the Beatles famous in the first place. There are people that now don't want the Jeff Lynne sound that object to that. You've, you've, we've noticed that on this show. Yeah. Comments from people. Yep. Um. But anyway, uh, where was I? Move Over Busker, I love a lot as a rocker. Angry, I like a lot as a rocker, although we've said it several times. You got Pete Townsend and Phil Collins on there. You could do something better <laughs> than Angry, but I still love the song anyway. It's like what we said about the orchestra theme. However, Absurd is extremely beatle but very produced, but I still love it. A lot of orchestration on it, weird lyrics on there, kind of, uh, you know, walrusy <laughs> in a way uh and i love all the bonus stuff that's on press to play tough on a tightrope is such a fantastic song in particular and even from that period hang glide as a as a b-side is an amazing instrumental very new age-ish so you know it shows to me a growth in paul working with hugh pageant and coming up with all these different sounds and songs that we really hadn't heard before or that were different and I like when Paul goes in that direction. And at the same time, he still does the traditional. He still does Only Love Remains and Footprints. 
and move over busker you know so i really like it i still to this day find press to play totally refreshing to listen to you know and i could equally defend driving rain but you know i love press to play more <laughs> okay um kit you're up next Okay, well, press to play, it was definitely tempting to pick. Uh, but again, I've, I've talked about it a lot. And so I decided to go with a different one. And that is, in, in my opinion, the also um, criminally overlooked memory almost full. Now, I know dance tonight, you know, he'll, uh, Paul will still play that occasionally on tour. But other than that, you know, people tend to say, you know, Chaos and Creation was, you know, sometimes they'll say either the last great album he made or they'll skip over and say, but, and then new, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like Memory Almost Full has been kind of forgotten. And that is really unfair uh, because I love Memory Almost Full. I think it is such a deeply personal uh, album, just to, almost as much as chaos and creation was in fact a number of chaos and creation some of the songs on here that were meant for chaos and creation um mm. were uh, ended up on uh, memory almost full um i just think it was well produced um same producers driving rain in fact um and you know it also just it, it really seems i mean that the title is is pretty apt because it's it really sees paul this album in a in a reflective mood um you know really kind of reflecting you know on his past on his mortality um he of course you know this was issued i mean it was you know he had uh he and, and heather had split up um and so you hear some songs that um may or may not be related to the split um he's never exactly been clear about it but it's you know you, you can kind of read into it but i i just really love his vulnerability on this record and and you don't see that very often uh from him um and um you know i think ever present past is you know and that was of course one of the singles from the album i think that's a a, a great uh, you know it's an up-tempo song but when you listen to the lyrics, it's also him, again, you know, reflecting on his past. I think See Your Sunshine is a great love song. Um, yes. It really is. Only Mama Knows is like Wings oh, We it. Do. That's a great <laughs> rocker. Um, you know, and then the, I mean, he talks about it being kind of a, a medley of, of, you know, different frag song fragments put together. Yeah, but it also, I think, can be you can listen to it as separate songs as well i mean just some great uh, again reflective kind of songs like vintage clothes uh that was me great vocal on that um you know i just love him saying you know kind of expressing amazement like wow you know that was me that was right. me up on that stage that was me you know so i love sweating cobwebs on the <laughs> you know then the clearly cavern stage yeah. and you know um the end of the end come on one of the i think one of the best songs he ever wrote i mean it, it still brings me to tears when when i hear it i mean just reflecting on his own death um you know there's there's just everything on on this album and you know nod your head i mean yeah i mean kind of stupid oh, throwaway fun. lyrics yeah, but it's, it's fun, fun. 
<laughs> it's, I mean, you do nod your head to it. A little, little kind of uh, Led Zeppelin influenced in, in a way. I mean, you know, even the bonus tracks were good. I mean, I, I thought, I mean, um, you know, I like Why So Blue, even the instrumental, mainly instrumental 222. I love yeah, the jazz. Great. I mean, he just, I thought, was really on a creative roll on, on this album. And, uh, and again, just a, a very personal, um, you know, look at his life. I thought his voice sounded great for the, mm -hmm. for the most part on this album. I thought his voice sounded strong. I have always just loved this album. And so Chaos and Creation, I still love. Absolutely. But do not neglect memory almost full um you will love it just as much i think as as chaos yeah, it's a good good endorsement i love i love i love it yeah just make sure the volume's down when you pop it in the cd player. yeah people so that's <laughs> usually the complaint i hear is how it was mixed mm -hmm. or the yeah of it or something mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i i echo everything pretty much i love that album and uh mm -hmm. Also, House of Wax, I like to mention mm -hmm. because of Paul's vocal performance, New Heights, Old Heights, maybe, yeah. you know, <laughs> revisited. I mean, yep. he does so well on that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he can always skip skip over gratitude, but no. Yeah, it's okay. I wouldn't skip it. I wouldn't skip it, but it's not, yeah. it's not a favorite. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, when, when someone continues to put, you know, produce, you know, great album after great album, it, it, sometimes it's easy for an album to get lost in the shuffle, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, but I usually hear my channel anyway. I come across a lot of positive yeah. remarks and comments for yeah. that album. I don't, people may forget it here and there and, and it mm -hmm. falls through the cracks, mm -hmm. but when they do talk about it, they do like it. Yeah. I, I, it just seems like it's it's one of those albums, like, you know, when Paul Simon's Graceland came, came along and of course, you know, everybody... It went crazy over it. I mean, it's, of course, now a classic. And then he came out with Rhythm of the Saints after that. And Rhythm of the Saints, in my opinion, was was you know, like just as good. I mean, it was incredible. But Graceland was such a big album that right. it just overshadowed it. And in a way, I feel like, you know, I mean, not exactly, but that's kind of what happened to Memory Almost Full because, you know, today everybody talks about chaos and creation. And I mean, mm. it's become this, you know, one of the best Whoa. albums Paul yeah. ever did in modern years. And my, and Memory Almost Full has just become kind of overshadowed. That's kind of how I, I feel about, about the album New getting mm -hmm. overshadowed by Egypt Station. Which right, yeah. New is far better than you Egypt know, Station, in my I opinion. Think you had a good point about the overshadow because, you know, we, we consider chaos such this this masterpiece and it, and it comes what just two years after and then one year after that we get uh, electric arguments which i you know right i think was a phenomenal album as well so yeah i, I think you have look, look, look at all this good stuff and i always i'm always inclined to say folks because i know they're out there those people that say oh mccartney he hasn't done anything good since uh band on the run or yeah. some people say say tug of war some other people say flaming fire yeah. There was there's a lot of good stuff there. You're missing mm -hmm. it. He still is putting out great stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, the threes absolutely. he got from McCartney three. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I like it a lot. But yeah. um, thank you for saying what you said about the end of the end because I've been oh, going beautiful. on and on about that song for so long. And you know, I do think it's one of Paul's absolute masterpieces, one of his greatest songs of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh it's a lot of good stuff on memory almost full. There's no doubt about it. That was me is such a killer tune. Yeah. It's kind of like saying I did all that. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like my way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to Tom. Tom, let's go for Paul McCartney. Just wanted to um, nod, your nod your head reminds me a little bit of the goofiness of something like Smile Away. Yeah, um, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm perfectly okay yeah. with it. Perfectly oh, sure. It's okay fun. It. All right. All right. Well, after five number one albums in a row, I don't know if anybody was expecting anything like London Town. And I don't know if anybody still expects anything like London Town when they listen to something uh, from, from Paul McCartney. And in a, in a time where we were, you know, veering in a different direction with punk and new wave, Paul just, you know, went the other way. <laughs> and in, in, in a way with... Um, with spies like us, you know, being so, you know, 80s and then leading into press the play, um, you know, you know, Mullick and Tyre kind of laid the tracks for what to expect for, for London Town in a way, um, you know, especially with just the, you know, the acoustic guitar aspect of it. I don't know if anybody was expecting, um, you know, a folksy, synthy, you know, record um, at the time. You know, yes, it, it goes to number two. Uh, you know, does well. I mean, a massive uh, number one hit single here in the state with, with a little luck. Um, but again, it's, it's just an album that I think people, you know, look at it as middle of the road. And like uh, you guys were saying, we like it when he does something different. I mean, you can't get any more different than Morris Moose and the Grey Goose, right? I mean, this is just so out of left field. Um, you know, in the work that he was doing with Denny Lane in here, um, you know, Deliver Your Children, I, I still think is probably the best thing they, they may have done together. Maybe. That's just me thinking right now. But, um, you know, I look at, uh, you, know, uh, you know, famous groupies. I like, you know, Don't Let It Bring You Down. So many different things going on in this. I'm carrying Backwards Traveler. Uh, you know, London Cafe on the Left Bank. Um, you know, we see he still had uh, Joe and, and, and Jimmy you know, on a lot of these tracks, but, but man, I don't think this was anything. I don't think this was the direction people were expecting uh, from Paul at this time. And really a shocker when you think about it. So, uh, you know, London Town for me is just something as an album that I've always dug, but I don't always hear a lot of people, uh, you know, talking about whether or not it's just because it's, it's so mellow or with the synth stuff or, or because maybe the rockers on here aren't as rocking as past rockers like beware my love or junior's farm you know so um but yeah i i think people should definitely uh maybe consider you know another listen um but um but yeah london town for me is is definitely uh i i think is an underrated album from from, from paul so I think that's a good point you made about, and you know, and kind of what what Ken was saying earlier about you know different sound because that album really did have a different sound to it. I mean, it did have that softer, you know, mm -hmm. with with a lot of it that kind of softer sound, and then then as you mentioned, um, uh, with more more what was it? Uh, I'm blanking out the Grey Goose. Uh, the uh, oh yeah, yeah, crazy, you know. Uh, you know, experimental or experimenting mm -hmm. with that, like the, you know, the synth, you know, I mean. Yeah, the synth sound was really predominant on, on that album. And so, you know, there are people who, and I'm not defending this, but I mean, there are people who just when, you know, Paul tries anything different, you know, that has a different sound, some don't like that. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I, I think that is, and I, I 
you know, admire artists who take chances. And I mean, like Elvis Costello does that all the time. And I think it's great. And if it doesn't, you know, that particular album doesn't sell. So what? You know, he tried it. And so he goes back to another sound, maybe goes back to a more familiar sound on the next album. But but there are just some people that, you know, don't like it when the artist tries something new. And I and I think it did. I mean, it did sell, but I but I you know with with punk and new yeah, wave coming one. in, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and then disco was was massive too. I right. Saturday Night Fever, I think, kept this off off the charts. I mean, it still sold, but I think it did it did as well as it did just because of the McCartney factor, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion. I mean, yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm finding it hard that when I'm as I'm listening to you talking about it, I mean. Uh, I always think of London Town, and I still do, as a mid-tier album. I don't think of it as one of his top or bottom. It's, a mid, right. it's in the middle somewhere. I love a lot of tracks on it, but to me, yeah. you know, it's a half and half album, kind mm-hmm. of. But I see it, as I listen to you talk about it, I'm thinking of it, at least in my feeling, that it's kind of not anything really different or different McCartney or trying different stuff. To me, if anything... It's maybe you said. I think it's a little too mellow. I like. I love mellow Paul, you know. But oh, to yeah. me, it's a little oh, yeah. too safe, like mm. that. You know, maybe I don't I see don't anything know. different. I guess what for me when I first heard it, what was different for me was the the prevalence of the synth, like that. Mm. You know, I don't know that 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 sounded different to me, like that much synth on on the album. Maybe that's mm. you know for me that's what was different. But mm. um, you know, mm. but well. Uh, but interesting, yeah. It was, it, well, you know, I thought maybe after hearing it, it was time to get back to the egg. Maybe is what uh, <laughs> I picked back to the egg. Now the thing is, I have a hard time because I could think of three albums, more than three albums, that are really underrated by Paul. You know, uh, and I never know which one to pick. I've talked about these. I was almost going to pick McCartney too. Uh, I, I, I got to say when Ken was talking about, hey, Joe, you like Check My Machine, right? And that's outrageous, (laughs) right? Now, I know that, Ken, I know you've told me before, if you had, I think, you know, if if I'm right, if you had to put them in order, you might put McCartney 2 low near the bottom for you, you used to say. Yeah, because I think some of, a lot of the songs aren't strong. Yeah, that's Um, how I feel about Press to Play. No, that's not the weirdness fact. So we agree on on the opposite, like same principle for us. I think. Yeah, on I mean, the, uh, you know, I like I like weird. I love bogey music. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love temporary secretary. I love all that. I just think certain songs he didn't put as much effort into writing. Mm. Room or something like that. Yeah, but see, but that's again, again. I'm, def- you know, what I was going to go back to the egg. Why don't I, why don't I defend McCartney too instead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because both of these, and off the ground also. I've, I've defended off the ground so many times that I'm off the ground. I'm flying. <laughs> so, so those are the three. I got I got my three and off the ground, McCartney too, and back to the egg. But the thing mm-hmm. about McCartney too is, you know, it's a, again, it's like people who defend something, like myself, will always say, well, it's supposed to be like that. Like if it says it's something s- silly or sad. They say, well, that was supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't like it. That's why I do like it. You know, this is this wasn't even supposed to be an album. Paul always said, you know, he just kind of was knocking around, making a tape stuff for him to hear. And uh, I believe that story where he was driving around, and people heard it maybe in this car. He was with, with in the car. He said, you know, that's your next album. 
He should, you know, he goes, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess yeah. so. And he put it out as an <laughs> album. You know, I guess I, you know, so that's how I defend that. But which one? It, I can't pick two. I started with this. Back to the egg. So what do I do? Uh, well, you got my defense of McCartney uh, to why I like it. So different. All the things we're saying. So different. Something they've never done before. Different right. sounds. Nothing you're used to hearing. That's why I, I like it. And also the fact that it reminds me dearly of high school graduation. <clears throat> and in the, the summer of 80. So... <laughs> You know, I have that warm feeling every time I hear those songs. But anyway, I got two out of this, folks. But back to the egg. It's hard to pick up. Sneaky. <laughs> sneaky. Back to the egg, just again. It'll be quick because we've <laughs> talked about it. It's getting late here. Uh, it's just, you know, Paul's rocking again. You know, he's stronger again. People say a punk feel to some of the songs like Spin It On. Not everything. Uh, I mean, what can I? I just like like it. I love everything. And you got the, the the Last Wings album and a great lineup. I love Steve Holly on drums, Lawrence Juber on guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a lot of all the incarnations of Wings. I, it's hard to pick a favorite, honestly, for me. But I like I like this where they were going the direction they were going. Too bad it wasn't more successful by Wings standards. You know, by anybody else's standards, yeah, it's. It's respectable, but not by theirs. And I could say a lot more about it, but we're running short of time. I, I, I just, a lot of people starting to catch on to this. Like a lot of these albums, yeah. people are starting to say, hey, I like my right. games I'm starting to like, you know. And well, that's why we're hoping now. that we get London Town and Back to the Egg, you know, yeah. these archive releases so people can reevaluate them. And, you know, just like the past records, like Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway, people have been, you know, reevaluating them favorably. So, Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody says, Ali Perry says, Summer of 79, McCartney, too. Nope. That's what he made it. I mean, but it's maybe, right? Came out in 80, right? Yeah. Came out in 80, trust me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. But uh, yeah. So that's it. Any last thoughts as we get hit the two hour mark here? Yeah. (laughs) What Tom was saying about London Town. When I think about that album, I think it's a very mellow album for the most part. Mm There are those albums from Paul where you kind of wish he'd put a few more rockers in there. And even yeah. something like I've had enough needs another guitar in there. Yeah, right. To make it sound full. It sounds kind of thin, you know, mm-hmm. it could be a very ballsy song if you had another, you know, guitar player in there. I love mm-hmm. on the left bank a lot as, as a Me rock. Yeah. Um, there were a few more rockers on it. And yeah. good stuff. I love London Town. I love with a little luck. Cafe on the left bank. Yeah. I, 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 I always defend. I guess I've had enough. I know uh, it's not the greatest rocker he ever did, but I, I like it. Maybe because on that album it needs it at the end. At the end of uh-huh. like one. Yeah. Don't let it bring you down is one of my favorite of his acoustic tunes. Mm. It's a very acoustic album. It's not just right. Thinking about synthesizers and all, but uh, and I like that. It's kind of like you know a rubber soul approach. <laughs> to, uh, or maybe I should say American rubber soul approach to to, uh, <laughs> to a Wings album. But yeah, and it's interesting that he went in a somewhat different direction with Back to the Egg, which was edgier. Mm. Those ballads inside too, but yeah, there's just so much great stuff to discover. That's why we're doing this. There's so yeah. many great yeah, albums. It isn't funny. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we hope that's one of the things with the show we, we'd like to try to do. If you're not familiar with the stuff, we can try to turn you on to some of it, give you the uh, desire to, to, to seek some of it out that you might not have heard. Mm. And not a <laughs> lot of overlap with our choices. No, like good. a couple. No, it went, well, it went well. Cool. You know, as far as showing you, that shows you right there how much different stuff is there that we like. And yeah. You know, so forth. Well, why don't we wrap it up now, uh, Kit? Um, and you can tell everybody how to how to find us, reach oh, us. Absolutely, and thank all of you. I see we've been looking at your comments. You've uh, uh, also thrown in your uh, thoughts on your favorite uh, solo albums. Once again, shows just how much you know great material there is. Uh, to yes. discover out there. So thank you all for, for your comments as well. Um, you can find us, of course, on our website, uh, talkmoretalk.com. You can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts. And uh, if you have ideas for uh, topics you would like us to explore, uh, yes. we, we welcome your feedback. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. Um, you can listen to us on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. Um, you can, of course, watch us right on this channel and please subscribe. We're hoping to get up to 2000 subscribers soon. So please help us uh, reach that goal and tell your friends, uh, tell, uh, tell all your Beatles and solo uh, friends. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. And uh, you can of course find us on Facebook. Uh, where we post uh, news and stuff we're doing and so forth. So uh, so please subscribe there and you'll be notified of all our new episodes. And you can hear us on Fab Four Radio. Uh, so thanks, of course, to Beetle Ed for running our shows. So Thank you. Yes, indeed. So I think that's everywhere you can find us. Mm, so we got that. Now we just have to say what we're up to. And me, just watch my channel on YouTube, Me, Mr. <laughs> Mayo. It's Beetle-centric. It's solo Beatles centric. It's got red videos for everyday irritants. It's got record store visits. It's got flea market thrift store shopping. It's got show and tell of different memorabilia. Oh, it's got a lot of other stuff. I'm taking as long as these three. Okay, just check, check it out. Okay. So, Kit. Oh, what, what about your what, movie channel? What about your nah, movie nah, channel? Come on, we got enough problems. We'll talk about that another time. Come on, let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, for, for me, I just have, I do have another Roots of Rock and Roll class coming up, but it's not till April. So I will tell you more about it uh, closer to that time. But uh, a, I do have a new episode up of, the podcast I co-host with Martin Quibble and at Chen, Toppermost of the Poppermost, uh, where we look at January 1963. You can follow us on Facebook, just put Toppermost of the Poppermost, but I will put the link up to the new episode on the Talk More Talk page and my Facebook page. So hope you will check us out and uh, let us know what you think of the new episode. Think you'll really enjoy it. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, I guess Tom, we do because Ken's always we save yeah. the the best for last, and he's got the most usually. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> um, uh, for two legs, our, uh, real, I'll try to go as quick as possible. Um, two weeks ago, we we did our uh, yeah we did our review of the McCartney Legacy book. Um, then 
we did a show where we got uh, we got an email for a suggestion of a show that Ken that you and guys at the things we said today we did about uh, well last May actually because I looked it up but uh, it was called the album game um, and then where we uh, you, you take a decade of, of music and then you take one song that would fit the next album and then take one song from that album and then see if it would fit the previous album. And then you just can, can continue to go and go and go. And that was a lot of fun. And that was from Kyle Hand. So thank you for that suggestion. And then uh, this past Saturday, we did um, our favorite, you know, we don't always talk Beatles, but sometimes we do. And uh, this time around, we did our, our, um, our 10 uh, pre-pepper Paul songs. These are the 10, our favorite uh, Paul-led vocals, or, or if he co-wrote or wrote two as well, um, that uh, we thought were his, uh, his or not, well, I shouldn't say his best, but what we think is, is was uh, in our top 10 at the moment. So pre-pepper. Um, coming up next week, uh, we had the lovely Kid O'Toole talking about the, the missing 80s single. Um, it's probably roughly, this would have came out back in February of 84, just to give you guys a hint of, of, of the time period of what we're, we're talking about. And that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, last thing here, um, I you know, started a new thing, which is going to premiere this Wednesday and uh, features Andy and myself, and then, yeah, uh, Joe Mayo and our, our friend uh, Beatley Tone. And this show is called Stuck Inside These Four Walls. And it's four hosts doing four rounds of supposed rapid fire questions. We didn't go as, it didn't go as rapid as we were hoping, uh, but it got quicker as, as we were going. So uh, check that out. If, if you guys like it, you know, let us know in the comments and we'll, we'll continue uh, doing that. But it was just something fun and, and to see if it catches fire and then see if it's got legs. And then hopefully we'll con continue to do that as a monthly series. Yes. So, all right. Uh, email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at two legs podcast. Ken, off to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't know if I can compete with all that, but. Oh, please. <laughs> my, my YouTube channel, I had two very interesting panel discussions uh, in the past week. One of which um, I had a group of people, Glenn Burtnick from The Weaklings, Darren DeVivo from my podcast show, Things We Said Today, and Edward Crawford, who uh, is the host of um, Call Me Mr. Broadstreet, another Beatles podcast. And I had each of them pick their top five lesser known solo McCartney songs that are original songs written or co-written by Paul that they feel deserve classic status hmm. so songs you, you can't you can't say something like band on the run or something really right. familiar. obvious yeah it has to be like an album cut or a b-side something obscure or even a single that didn't do well something hmm. that you feel in your heart really should be so well known just like band on the run or maybe i'm amazed or live and let die songs that you feel are top tier mccartney songs that are lesser well known and each of them gave five I also continue with my Youngblood series, and that's when I interview uh, three people that are 40 and under to get their opinions, the perspectives of the younger generation. Um, and I asked them three questions, um, one of which was, what was the most fascinating year when the Beatles were together? Also, which of the four solo Beatles solo careers do you find the most satisfying and why? 
And then finally, what do you think is the best song that Paul has written in this century, from 2000 to today? Mm. That's a show to itself. <laughs> yeah. Ken, I'm not going to reveal it, but you and I had the, had the same song. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, you know, I'll, uh, yeah. And in the, the, um, the five McCartney songs that you feel deserve to be classics, it's amazing. Three, three of the four of us, because I give my own, three of the four of us have the same song in there. Oh, wow. And also, I recently interviewed Don Daneman, who was a member of the circle, and um, they toured the U.S. with the Beatles in 1966. They have their first new album, studio album, in 56 years, Center of wow. the World which you can win on my website. And it's all about the history of the circle. They had the hits Red Rubber Ball, Turn Down Day. John Lennon gave them their name, Circle, with a Y, the weird spelling of circle. And uh, Brian Epstein was uh, the manager for the circle. So it's all about that and all about uh, the brand new album, Center of Our World. I also have the other podcast show, Things We Said Today. We just did an interview with Gary Burr who you know from his years with the Roundheads, with Ringo and host Mark Hudson, and uh, talking about his career. And we'll be doing a tribute to Yoko. That should be either the next show or the one after that coming soon. Uh, my uh, radio show, Every Little Thing, in syndication on, a, on about 50 stations, you can always listen to On Demand at WFDU's website, which is WFDU.FM. Just uh, go to the archive tab and type in, you don't even have to type in, you do a drop down menu and you find every little thing and it'll have the last two shows and each show is on their website for two weeks. So anytime you want to, you could listen to that show. And then there's my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, weekly Beatles trivia, where you can win everything from the McCartney legacy to Chris Englehart's new book, Beatles Fully Uncovered, The Circle's new CD. You know, a whole bunch of great stuff. Ringo Starr and his all-star band live at the Greek Theater 2019. And again, that's at KenMichaelsRadio.com. If you can, please subscribe to Ken Michaels Radio, the YouTube channel, Things We Said Today. Listen to every little thing. And go back and watch every Talk More Talk show that you haven't seen yet. <laughs> there you go. Something. It's all here. And also watch my movie channel. That's uh, yes. You know. <laughs> no, I'll get into this next time. But anyway, all right, that's it, folks. So for Kiddo Tool, Ken Michaels, and Tom Hanyati, this is Joe Mayo saying, "Have a great day and a beautiful night." Hey. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>